You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, how to build a personal brand so that you and your business can thrive and how you can increase your self and net worth by simply being yourself with Jessica Swig. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. As always, I am excited that you took the time to spend with me and my guest today to sit in, to listen in on this conversation. I'm excited for you to listen in on this conversation with Jessica Swig. Jessica is the founder of the Simply Be Agency. She has a premier personal branding firm based in Chicago, serving clients across the globe, She has been named a personal branding expert by Forbes and a top digital marketer to watch by Inc. You'll hear in our conversation that we go into her book, Be a No Bullish Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. And I'm excited to bring this conversation to the podcast because I know I have a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of quote unquote side hustlers, people who want to do their own thing full time or build a business. And having a personal brand in today's social media age, in a time where people want to connect with someone, not just a bland company, is important. I've seen that in my own journey with Journey to Launch, honestly, building this business. And so we're going to hop into what it takes to build a personal brand where you can show up as yourself, show up and be authentic, and still make an impact and more money. Plus, we also talk about scaling in a business, what that looks like, the things you should do, what you should invest in, business finances, and more. So I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Jessica. Journey to Launch is supported by First Republic Bank. Now more than ever, First Republic's priority is serving their clients and communities. Their personalized banking solutions go deeper than a transaction. For over 30 years, First Republic has striven to leave a positive impact on the communities they serve. From presenting grants to nonprofits in need to going the extra mile to connect individuals experiencing hardship with fair loans, the bank is focused on doing the right thing. I've been more intentional about who I bank with and where I put my money, which is why I've opened up an account with First Republic. They even do monthly education and social online events for their clients on a variety of fun and educational topics. No matter what your financial goals are, your dedicated First Republic banker will be there to guide you every step of the way. Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. Hey, journeyers. I am so excited to have a special guest on the podcast, Jessica Swig from Simply Be. And I am excited to talk to Jessica. And I told her I would share kind of like the backstory of how I found out about her until we started to record. <laughs> but, you know, it was interesting because I think I first saw you somewhere online. You know how sometimes you see people just like their Instagram pages. And I was like, wow, like I really love your brand. So that was like the first thing that stood out, the yellow in your brand. And then I think it was somehow because of your book. So you released a book called Be, The No Bull-ish Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. And I think I caught you when you were releasing the book, like that whole moment, which is a lot. And you're doing it in the pandemic, like in the middle of the pandemic. And I was following along because I also want to be an author and am in that process myself. So it was really inspiring to see how you were launching it. And then you also introduced me to someone else that I really like now, Rhea Frey. 
Via Frey, did I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> like virtually, I don't know her. She doesn't know me yet. But I started to listen to her podcast because she's all about writing books. And so I was just like, when we connected to do this interview, I was like, yes, this the universe. God is bringing us together. So it was great. <laughs> I love that. I love that she's a connecting point for us. And thank you for sharing all that. I just think that's the power of the world we live in today, you know, social media and the internet just being, having all of this exposure, you know, to people that are doing big and amazing things. So I'm happy I crossed your path. Now you've crossed my path. I know you're coming on my show soon. So I'm really happy to be here. Yes, yes. And what I really like about your work and then your book. So another thing is my friend also gifted me your book. When I mentioned that I was following you, what I liked about it is that you're, you talk about simply being yourself, your authentic self, showing up as you are, especially in your business. And I know I have a lot of entrepreneurs, want to be entrepreneurs, side hustlers here listening to the podcast, and they want to do that. They just want to show up and be themselves and make money and be free. And you talk all about that in your work. So can you just take a step back and explain exactly what your agency does and who you are? Sure. Of course. I often say like, it's such an exciting time to be alive because we live in a day and age now where you can start a business, call it your name and make money just doing, doing what you love. That was not possible like 15, 20 years ago. And so I really wanted to jump on that bandwagon of really helping people to do that based on my, my background. I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was 26. I started my first business then. I ran an online magazine for women in the city of Chicago called Cheeky Chicago, like cheek with a Y, cheeky, for seven years. And this was the beginning of social media, like 2008, when Facebook and Twitter were the only games in town and all the major Fortune 500 brands were just getting online. And I was running this really well-known, very fast-growing, popular blog in the city. And it just took off. And so I ran that for seven years. Grew a huge audience organically. 100,000 readers were our reader base. And the major brands were coming to me at that time, looking to reach my audience and paying me you know, money to do so. So I really cut my teeth during like 2008 to 2014 on this thing called social media, digital marketing, content marketing, PR. I did a lot of event marketing. So really just immersed myself in this world of connecting with consumers and turning them into fans, right? That was what I did. I always had like a knack for it. I went to school for theater and then I stumbled into entrepreneurship and it was sort of my real calling, right? And then in 2014, I left that business. I walked away. It's like really tough, long story, but anyone who's an entrepreneur knows it's like a journey of your soul. And I had to really follow my heart and walk away from this thing that I created. It wasn't really healthy anymore. And I started my own little one woman shop called Simply Be Agency. This was like in 2014. And overnight it took off because I had built without my unbeknownst to me, brand equity in my own name and reputation during those seven years running that business. And it set me on this course of, holy crap, this was an accident. I didn't even know I had a personal brand. Why don't I create a whole business around this? Not only to like amplify myself, but to really help other people and sort of take what I had learned from working with Nike, Coca-Cola, Beam Centauri, Lululemon, Bloomingdale's, like the biggest brands in the world on how to convert audiences, but for people. And so that was really the dawn of Simply Be. And now we are a full service personal branding agency, a multi seven figure company that I built from zero, zero dollars, net negative dollars, in fact, and have now a staff of uh, 20 people. We are based in Chicago, but we serve clients literally on every continent. And it's kind of wild to think about it, kind of where I came from to what I'm doing now. But with Simply Be, I sort of found my purpose. Like I, I really think the planet needs people who are in their hearts. And my clients are CEOs and founders and entrepreneurs and leaders. And whether we like it or not, the world is run by big business. And yet people are within those businesses. And so I want to really reach those people who are at the top, and those are my clients, to infuse more humanity across the board into the way we lead, into the way we market, into the way we treat people, and 
and that's really like the heart of simply be, you know, is all about authenticity. And I know that's an overused word, but that's really what I believe in. And so I really credit that kind of soul of what I'm doing is what's made my business grow so fast. Because I think people are really ready for that message now. And they're really hungry for that message now. And yeah, if you're interested in learning about personal branding, like that's, I hope you look to me as your girl now. That's what I do. Well, and we'll talk a bit about it because it, as an entrepreneur myself, I know the importance of it. You know, it's funny because with Journey to Launch, there's Journey to Launch, the brand, and there's me, Jamila Soufran. And while I was like looking through your book, you know, I was doing some of the exercises, which we could talk about for people if they want to do that too. But it, one of the interesting things is as the brand Journey to Launch is one thing, Jamila Soufran is another. And I, I didn't always want to be tied to Journey to Launch, but I realized that a lot of the reason people like Journey to Launch is because of me, obviously, and my personal story. So as someone who's starting a business now, can they be the personal brand, like for example, Jamila Soufran and have a almost not as intertwined, more business focused brand, like a Journey to Launch without integrating the two or at this point? it's necessary to, to intertwine them to grow? I think it's such a good question. And it's so personal to the to the objectives that you have. So I, I will always advocate that a personal brand and a, a company brand are important in equal measure. They serve different functions. A company brand needs to be crystal clear, have its you know, unique market value and, and, and positioning to be differentiated from the competition, to, to really have a clear point of view, right? This is a clear audience, but at the end of the day, no one can communicate emotion or expertise like a person. And we do business with people. People do business with people. We don't do business with logos or products or websites. It's at the end of the day, we're going to refer, hire, recommend, buy into a company based on how a company makes us feel. And people can only make us feel a certain way, generally speaking. So I think it's extremely advantageous for you if you're building your business and you're starting your company to think about your marketing strategy for your company holistically and include your thought leadership, your presentation online, your presence online as a cornerstone and a component to your overall marketing strategy. Like we often get hired by like a CMO of a large company to come in and just focus on the founder brands. But they're also doing ads and they're doing conventions and they're doing emails all on the behalf of the company. But we then amplify the founder so that there's a real 360 understanding of who this company is. So that's like one way of thinking about it. But I love your question because if you're looking to scale, like I'll speak for myself right now. So Jessica Zweig has been Simply B for four and a half years. Well, Simply B scaling I want to keep growing it, maybe one day sell it, who knows. But I'm not for sale, right? Like and 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 it's a business it's a business risk when people call the phone and expect to talk to me. I have 20 people now. It's like I'm not comparing myself to Mark Zuckerberg, but think about it like you don't call Facebook and talk to Mark Zuckerberg. Like you you have to be able to pull apart the threads in I think in time because it becomes a business risk when you are so interwoven with your company brand, your company brand does need to kind of stand on its own two feet. And you as the face founder, personal brand are the ultimate amplifier, but you're not the anchor. If that makes sense, or you can't really truly be if you want it to continue to scale. That's great. Amplifier versus anchor. I think that's a really great way to frame and think about this. And it's funny because, you know, here I am talking about, oh, my brand journey to launch has so much of me in it. How, you know, how do I eventually separate it? And then you have these multi-million dollar companies are, that are like, well, we need to infuse more personal brand in the big company. So it's that the other side wants what the other side has. Amazing. I love that you, that you broke it down that way. And I, I think that people get like kind of hung up on the shoulds and it's just like, look at your business strategy, look at your objectives, look at your goals, look at your one year, three year, five year plan. Look at What's not working or connecting currently in your own marketing strategy and how can you utilize potentially some unique ways of doing it? And I'm always going to ring the bell of a personal brand. Like no one can cut through the noise like a, like a human being. And especially when you're real and, and raw and vulnerable and authentic, which are all the things that I talk about in my book. And you'll be surprised at the difference in the quality of the people that want to work with you when you're 
really in, infusing your humanity into that. And then as it scales, I mean, I've been in startups and entrepreneurship my whole career, and we are literally reimagining our business every six to nine months. You know, it, it just, it's a way that it, it works. So, you know, be, be in flow around it, but definitely, definitely invest and consider the power of a personal brand. Yeah. And it's interesting because you talked a little bit about what you did before Simply Be and how you knew at a certain point it was time to let that go. And I'm curious to know what that moment or those moments were, because there are people listening and that are thinking, well, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? There's something else that they don't know yet, that what that is, and maybe they're looking for a signal. So can you explain or go back to that time where you knew that you needed to pull away from what you were doing to ascend to something else? Thank you for asking this. First, I'll say to your audience, those you, you mentioned, listen, are entrepreneurs, you know, ambitious entrepreneurs, side hustlers. But we're creating these things that we love that are ours, right? That become not just an extension of us, but they become us, right? This is our entire businesses when you're an entrepreneur is your identity. So when I ran this magazine for seven years, it was my entire identity. But then towards the last like one to two years, it just started to feel really off. Like I wasn't in alignment. I was so out of alignment. And like, I knew that because my, my body and my mind, my spirit and my emotional state was like speaking to me. I was getting really sick. I wasn't happy. I was super stressed out. I had a really toxic relationship with a business partner at the time. She was my 50, 50 partner. I had an emotional breakdown to be totally honest. Like I couldn't handle the stress and toxicity of it all. And I heard a higher voice. I'm a very spiritual person. And I heard like, you know, call it source, God, universe, speak through me. And it told me I needed to leave my business. I just want to pause there because my point is like, when your business is you, hearing the voice of like source tell you to leave your business is like source telling you to cut off your right arm, like, or give away your baby or dog. Like you're like, what? No, it's like unimaginable. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute at first, but this is like, the thing about hearing the call of your truth, like you can't unhear it. And that's what happened to me. And so it set me on this course to really take a deep journey within, you know, I had to really get right and real with myself. And I hired a coach and I started to meditate and I went deep into my spiritual practice. And I really started to unpack the truth that this was no longer in alignment with who I was becoming. And so I walked away and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Like that was definitely walking through the fire. I went through a very bloody business divorce. My business partner at the time was not happy that I left. She felt like I think abandoned and kind of came after me. And it was like a, it was like a thing. And yet I survived and I chose myself. And I'm so grateful for that chapter in my life. Even the relationship I had with her, she was like such a divine teacher and I never have regretted anything. And that was my activation point because my first business was a grind. I made all the mistakes. Like it was my real life MBA and it was like the school of hard knocks. All right. I made the biggest mistakes at that time. I went broke. I was a horrible leader. We were so green. And instead of looking at that as, oh, well, that was a mess. And I'm going to go just continue to do what I want to do. I really use that inflection point as an opportunity to really like take those lessons. And this is the key. I could say, I learned from them. We all should learn from our lessons, but the way that you learn from them in my personal experience is by learning how to take accountability for yourself, for the role that you played. So I could have easily, you know, there's that expression, you point one finger at someone else and you've got three pointing back at you. That was the real work to take a real, honest, accountable, responsible look at the mess I had created myself. Cause I could, I could sit here and be like, Oh, it was all my business partner's fault or my lawyer's fault or whatever. Like, but I actually had to own it. And that really became my biggest key to awakening into my power. Because when you own your ish, no one can call you out because you've called yourself out first, you know? And so that's really the journey that set me into this simply be experience of I'm going to be myself. I'm going to own it all my dark, my light. And I'm going to encourage other people to do that. 
And on top of it, I'm going to share people how they can package that on the internet in a way that's magnetic and authentic to drive their businesses forward as well as their impact in the world forward. Because I think that's really what we're here to do is to serve and to give. I think that's when we're in our, our highest vibrations. And I was so not there. I was like all about me. And that shift took me a few years, but that's really, really the nut of what happened. And yeah, I was broke at 33 and I had to ask my parents to help me pay my phone bill. That day, I actually talk about that in my book was like the real turning point for me. I was like, I can't live this lie anymore. And I have to really figure out how I created it and how I can fix it. And that was the beginning of the beginning. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that this will speak to someone right now who is in a situation, whether it's a job, relationship, friendship, whatever, whatever personal or professional thing that is happening in their life right now and feeling stuck, feeling like why are they going through this and understanding that you can use this experience that you're going through to harness it to propel you to something else. And one of the things you, you talk about, which is really what you are all about, is this authenticity simply being. And for people who are now showing up online and using social media to help amplify their message, to tell something, to help people, how do you be authentic without being performative and or come off as self-centered? Or is it okay to be self-centered because it is your brand? I struggle with that often with like sharing certain things because I'm like, well, I don't want people to like have sympathy. I'm not asking for sympathy right now, or I don't want to complain. But it's interesting, the balance of authenticity versus doing too much. So if you have a personal brand and you put yourself out there a lot, there are going to be people who think you're self-centered. They just will. That's what people, certain people are going to have that projection and perception and ain't none of your business. Like that's them. They're not your people anyway. If they like see you feeling yourself and they're like, yeah, I don't feel her. Like good data moving on. You know, there'll be people who will, the more authentic you are. Authenticity works like a magnet. You either retract or repel. Like that's what, what happens when you become unapologetically you and your vibration, it's all just energy, right? So when you're vibrating at the frequency of yourself, people are either going to magnetize to that or they're going to repel away from that. And that's awesome. Just remember that. That's one. Two, I got the advice a long time ago and I've mentioned this before. It's actually written about in my book. I was going through a really horrible breakup. This was like back in like 2012-ish or I don't even know when. And I was going on Facebook and like catharting, just like talking about my feelings and being super passive aggressive. I was like in this really raw heartbreak and just like, putting it out on the internet. And a really wise friend pulled me aside and was like, Jessica, don't do that. That is not a good look. And she said to me, the internet is not a place to process. Process that stuff off the internet with your therapist, your family, your friends, your journal, your dog, but don't process it on the internet because no one really cares. You're just coming off as self-indulgent. Come back to the internet when you've had a chance to breathe and understand the wisdom that you're gleaning from this experience and talk about it from that vantage point, because you really want to think about what is in it for the person on the other side of their phone with each and every piece of content you share. You just, you have to come from that place, whether it's like promoting a course or sharing what's really happening with your life. And so it's a fine line that I think people dance because we want to be authentic. We want to be real. And sometimes real stuff is hard and painful and and so if you're going to come on the internet and share that, don't do it for you, do it for your community, you know, and have a come from that energetically feels very much in service to your audience. And that is the key. And it can be scary. And like I said, there are going to be people who are going to be like, oh, she's so in, into herself. She's coming on here talking about her breakup and she's telling me all the, the things she is learning so that I don't feel alone, girl. I'm not alone. Like she's, she's all about, she's whack. Like, okay. Like I know we all have fans like that or followers or trolls that have that point of view and they're just not your people. And so you can't do it for them. You know, you've got to do it for the people who really get you. And the more you are consistently you, the more of those people will come. So I hope that made sense. I just, I feel so strongly about this because it's such a, quagmire for people. And, and I'm just like, just get online, be you, 
and really give a crap about the people you're talking to. Just remember them in everything you do and you'll be, you'll be great. Have you ever wanted to learn how to trade as a side hustle so that you can reach your money goals, like paying off debt, traveling the world, buying a house and helping you fuel you to financial independence? I've got a special treat for you. I've teamed up with my friend, Terry Ijeoma of the Trade and Travel course so that she can help better educate you on what trading is, what day trading is, what swing trading is, if it's right for you to learn how to do this to get into it. Now you can get this free training by going to journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training. That's journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training. And in the training, it's a video or audio training that you can get on demand. You'll learn more about Terry Gioma, how she transitioned from her nine to five to being a full-time entrepreneur and traveling the world, how trading allowed her to buy her dream house in cash, the different types of trading, long-term investing, short-term investing, day trading, swing trading, how to trade as a form of income to pay off debt, save and supplement your income. And then of course, who should take Terry's course? We're going to talk about this, a trade and travel course, because this is not a get rich quick scheme. This is something you have to put time and energy into learning. So we cover all of that and you can get that right now by going to journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training to get the training right now for free. Journeytolaunch.com slash Terry training. Another thing is that's important is also that you can still maintain a level of privacy and decide what you want to share. So myself, like I'm a mom, uh, you know, three littles, and then I have a husband and despite a public facing brand, I'm pretty private, which people, some people don't believe because they're like, well, you tend to share some things and you know, like, it doesn't seem like you're, you get shy. And I'm like, I am super like introverted, <laughs> but my brand or this calling that I've, I've come into just requires me to be out there. So it's also that deciding what to share and what not to share, because I know if I shared more of my kids, more of my family, more of my home, my personal brand can grow, which would then help the business brand. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that, but I don't know if it's coming from a place of, you know, the ego, um, in a good and bad way, meaning I'm afraid of judgment, which, and what other people think, is it really what I think, or I'm afraid of what other people are going to think. And why would I let that hold me back from stepping into my truth or greatness? Or if it's really like, no, you really don't want to do that because it's just not you. So I struggle with that a bit. Have you read my whole book? I, I read um, like 80% of it. <laughs> so the hologram, I'm sure you're familiar with that tool. I would encourage anyone sort of relating to what Jamila is say, saying is this idea of like, who do I be when I don't want all of myself to be out there, but yet I still want to be authentic. And so my hologram framework really helps you kind of decipher what is sacred and private? You know, what are you really passionate about? What belongs in consistently on the internet about you? And how do you then shape a, a narrative that is precise, but also deep and doesn't sacrifice your privacy or your authenticity? And that's really, it's like a permission slip. Like, oh, I don't have to share my kids if I don't want to, but I can share my faith or I can share my passion for my mom or whatever. And then have that be an equally human message without giving away, you know, what's sacred to you. Yeah, I like that. It's funny because I actually did start that exercise in the book. So uh, everyone um, definitely pick up if you are like getting into this conversation and you want uh, work to do and the actual like steps, go pick up Jessica's book B and then I'll link that all in the show notes. But you talked about like identifying four things that you that your brand or that yourself connect to and then getting content or getting ideas from there. Can you just briefly go over it um, for anyone who's listening and wants to get like a start? Sure. So I often say that if you want to be seen as an expert in your industry, like you can't talk about whatever you want anymore. The internet is way too noisy. People think content is king. You've heard that marketing term content is king that worked in 2005 through 15 when like there wasn't as much noise on the internet as there is today. So you could just get online and create a bunch of YouTube videos consistently in 2007 and you'd go viral because no one else was really maybe doing that in your space. Now there's 500,000 people talking about skincare, right? On, 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 on YouTube, right? So it's really about getting specific and it's about clarity, right? And the way that we achieve that, at least through the Simply Be methodology is through this tool called the hologram where 
it's sort of divided into a circle in the center and four boxes surrounding that circle with little bullet points in each of the boxes. And in the center is what's called your headline, right? So we want people to have this immediate gut, like knowing when they hear your name. So when I think of like Gary Vaynerchuk, it's like hustle. When I think of Oprah Winfrey, I'm like soul. You know, I think of Richard Branson. I think of adventure. When I think of Elon Musk, I think of engineering the future, right? Like there's like, and there's like aspects of like these personal brands that are super consistent, super synonymous, almost like a, a tagline, like Nike, just do it. So we, we help you identify what that is for you. And, and having a strong sense of that is, can be a game changer. It can really inform so much of your messaging. Then those four boxes I mentioned are what we call your brand pillars. So I'll often say, you can't talk about 25 things. You're going to just come off as a hot mess master of everything, expert in nothing. <laughs> and you can't just talk about one thing. You can't just talk about like, you know, entrepreneurship or personal branding or travel or technology, like over and over. People will just get bored and tune you out by being overly self-promotional. So four, that number is what we have found to be a real sweet spot to achieve that clarity in messaging. Also being able to provide depth right? Because you are more than what you do. You're, we're talking about personal brands here. So it's, it's, it's what you do, what makes you an expert, why someone would pay you money and who you are, why someone would want to spend time with you, why someone would want to work with you because they like you, they know you, they can relate to you. And that's where we start to weave in these aspects of our personal identities in tandem with our professional expertise and we really strike that blend at Simply Be. And then inside of the pillars, as I mentioned, those boxes are little bullet points that are called your unique insights. And so, you know, Jamila and I might have women empowerment, for example. We might have the same pillar. But your experience of what it is to be an empowered woman, to empower other women, why women empowerment is important to you, it will be completely different than Jessica Zweig's experience of personal empowerment for women because we're different people and we have different stories. And so it's about cracking into those nuances and then you flesh all of that out and you've got your hologram and that hologram serves as the blueprint to then build everything off of content wise, strategically, tactically, all centering back to what's your brand and what do you talk about? What makes you, you, what don't you talk about? And you rinse and repeat that to be frank, it sounds really basic, but you are who you say you are over and over and over and over and over again. That is how you become known as the thing you want to be known for, which is why I think this work is so freaking empowering because you get to decide, you know, you get to build that, you get to write that narrative first and foremost, and then build the tactics against it. And you got to play the long game. I talk about that in my book too. It's yeah. not like, oh, an overnight, they like can't expect to be known as the expert in your space after three months. You know, it's going to take you a year or two to really build that, that equity in the market with that consistency. That's really the, the approach. So that's the hologram. It, it can be a life-changing experience for people if you really, really go into it. And yeah, so that's, that's it. That's the uh, method that I start with in the book. No, thanks for sharing that. And I want to be also clear, this is for your personal brand that you do this for. Right? It, it is for your personal brand. However, I've taken companies through it too. In my view, it's all about clarity and humanity and messaging. And that stands for companies as much as it does for people. But it was inspired by people. But I think brands, I often say brands are trying to be people, yeah, not the other way around. Brands are trying to emotionally connect with their consumers and no one can do that better than a person. Okay. So I have to now speak for like the small entrepreneur, the small entrepreneur, more like myself, not at your level yet where I have like employees, but it's like literally like I already have enough trying to figure out journey to launch content. Right. And then I look at my page and I'm like, well, I know this can be better if I like, you know, did <laughs> what you said and followed through with the hologram content. But I'm like, I'm at the end of the day, I'm tired. I'm like, I can focus on one right now and still infuse a little bit of me in journey to launch. But what would you say then for someone who is starting out small? They have a clothing line that they want to come out with. They bake something, but they they have a personal brand that they want to build, but they have a business. What would you say they should focus on or spend most of their time on as they build this company or their brand? Well, I think when you're at that stage, when you're in early stage build mode, you got to keep the lights on. 
right? You do. And like, if it doesn't make money, it's a hobby. So what you got to think about where you're making money, you know, where's the greatest ROI on your time. And if it is infusing into like baking your products, right? Making sure they're perfect and making sure the market knows about your muffins, like that's okay. You know, like stick, stick, stick to that when then you can potentially afford an assistant, you know, it doesn't have to be like a full-time employee at a hundred grand a year. It could just be like someone you pay hourly that gets you a little bit out of the weeds so that you can start creating some more spaciousness to get on your Instagram more often and do some IGTVs and reels about you and you behind the scenes making your muffins and talking about why you started the business and, you know, creating more of your own personal brand community. I want to break it down into like really simple steps so that people don't feel like they're missing out by not doing this work if they only have so many hours in the day. When I started my business, I was a one woman shop. I wore all the hats and then I made just enough money and I just enough clients where I had too much work. I needed someone to help me. So I hired an assistant and that was the year, by the way, my business tripled because I was able to get out of the weeds and it was a scary thing to invest in a person to help me. Cause I was like, I pay her rent. It's like, it was a ton of pressure. Now I pay 20 people's rents and it just, you know, it's really grown, but I've taken it brick by brick. And so focus on where you're going to see the best ROI of your time. And when you really start to see the return, then you can sort of be more discerning of where you as the founder are spending your time. And if you really want to practice and kind of just get your brand out there, you don't have to go balls to the wall on like a robust strategy and comprehensive tactics. Like go deep on your own Instagram channel, write a blog once a week on, and put it on your website of your business page and share it on your LinkedIn, you know, start to drip out content. Content is king. Clarity is king really, but content it works, you know, so share your face, get yourself out there in microwaves as you're building the brand so that by the time you're ready to fly, you've got some presence and you can really leverage that. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And it sounds like, you know, your, your business is the product you are sharing on your personal brand when you have your four pillars and what that, what that looks like to you, the why and how behind what allows you to do the brand. And then I can tell that whatever future endeavors someone may have, even for myself, like whether it's that book and or another company that I want to start or do, like it's easier to transition when you have that personal brand already established versus waiting, to, you know, not to it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I work with a lot of people who deal with this. It's called like analysis paralysis or imposter syndrome, right? Like we think that who am I, you know, or like one day I'll get there when I'm ready. And it's like, you know what? You just got to go because time is going to tick on anyway. And then you're going to look back and you're like, damn it. I wish I would have started this thing two years ago. And it's just micro actions. You know, I, I really can't stress this enough. I have a nice small business. It's a big business in the world of small businesses, right? I mean, I'm doing fine. But people will look at it and be like, oh my God, like no one takes the escalator to success. Like we, or the elevator, right? It's like a, it's like a step-by-step staircase. And so really my advice to people is just start walking and it starts to compound for you. And you don't see it in the moment, but you see it when you get to like, the 87th step and you don't even realize that you're there and you look down you're like, I just did that. I just walked. I just, you know, like I walked, I've been walking that far, but you got to move. Yes. I love that. And when it comes to scaling, so you you alluded to this when you first started, the the way you started to scale was you hired and you got help. Now as you are continuing to scale, what have been the things that allowed you to scale more and to get to the multi-million dollar mark from the negative (laughs) dollar mark in your business? A lot of things, you know, I mean, like I said, in my first business, I made a ton of mistakes and uh, learned from those mistakes. So I I feel like much, I was much better prepared going into running a business the second time around. So first and foremost, I got my mind right around money. Okay. I hired a financial support team. Like I hired a one, a one man band for a minute and then I, you know, got bigger and I outsourced a bigger team and then I brought someone in house. But the point is, getting your PL, your budget, your money, like tight, like knowing your numbers, understanding 
P&L spreadsheets. Like that to me was something that I had tr- my whole life, Jamila, up until a few years ago, told myself, I'm bad at this. I don't know how to do this. I suck at money. I hate money. It stresses me out. When I started to tell myself, I've got this. I'm good at money. I know how to read a spreadsheet. I love budgeting. This is fun. Literally the spirit of my, my abundance in my business changed because I related to the, the lifeblood of any business money so differently than I ever had before. And so that was like an internal journey I had to take versus like a, a strategy, but that was foundational. And then, you know, hiring the right people, building processes and systems, leaning into softwares, leaning into, you know, how to build like a beginning, middle and end client experience and mapping that out and having that be a rinse and repeatable formula for my team to follow. Those things all took time and we're, you know, rewriting them all the time. I also think I really, really, really invested in my culture. Like even when I had three people, now I have 18, like it is all about my people. It is all about creating a beautiful, thriving, loving, safe place to work. And, you know, I have a very diverse company now, which is incredible. And I am constantly reading books, going through DEI training, like making sure this, this place called Simply Be is a place people want to come to every day. Because there's a, there's a quote that I love. And my mentor told it to me a long time ago, culture it's strategy for breakfast, meaning you can have the best products and the best systems and the best, the best marketing, blah, blah. But if your people don't love their jobs, it doesn't matter. It's not going to work. So culture, money, process systems, learning to let go, like, you know, and really like having like other leaders come in. Like I have a full, full leadership team. Now I have a head of agency, CFO, COO, CMO, you know, directors that are managing the junior staff. Like to me, that has been the hardest growth edge to be frank. Cause I started this thing from zero and it was just me and mine forever. And now yeah. it's a lot of people. And so that experience of learning to surrender has also been a key to scaling. And last thing, do not be afraid to raise your prices. Do not be afraid to charge more money than makes you comfortable. If you put out a price point that makes your stomach churn, you're on target. I love that. Yeah. And I want to just go right back to the financial part because, you know, this is a finance based show, even though all the things we're talking about matter and relate to and speed into our money. But when you talk about getting financial help, are you talking about within your business and what were those roles? So I know you just mentioned CFO. But for people now thinking about their business finances, because it's totally different, like handling your business finances, some people are like great at that and their personal finances and how they spend their money is like a mess because their business can be making money, but they're not actually able to retain or grow wealth from that. So I kind of wanted to like dive into if you want to share like how you handle or dealt with the money and the business versus your personal uh, money and how you handle that. And if you have a team to help you with that now, too. So, uh, funny you asked that because, okay. So my first financial hire was a, um, an outsourced vendor who I think I paid him like 1500 to $2,000 a month, you know, and he did all my back office. He did my payroll. He did my invoicing and I was doing about $300,000 in sales when I met him. So it was like for the year for the year. Yeah. Yeah. And then the following couple of years, we started to outgrow him. You know, he was one person. And he didn't want to bring in a big team. He wanted, he just wanted to keep his his own business small. And I loved him. He shout out to Pablo. He like set me up for such success. And then I hired a bigger company that I was spending like $5,000 a month on. Cause my business was like at like the $1.5 million mark at that point. And they were okay. I liked them kind of, I didn't really trust them. It was kind of, they, they were like, too junior. And I thought I was getting a different level of talent. It was it's a long story. Then the pandemic hit, this is all of it. The pandemic hit. My husband is a financial advisor and he kind of had nothing to do because he couldn't go anywhere. Right. And I was running my digital marketing agency and I didn't really like this finance team. This is crazy actually. So the, the PPP rolled out and I was like, we got to apply. Everyone was going, you know, crazy. And my finance team that was paying me, I was paying $5,000 a month, sent me a quote 
to fill out the PPP form was going to cost me 10 grand. And I was like, this is the most counterintuitive BS I've ever seen because this is a pandemic. I'm a small business. This is a loan application and you're going to charge me 10 G's. And my husband was like, let me do this. So he came to one meeting with my then finance team and took two looks at them and was like, I could do this better than they, like all of it. So I ended up firing my finance team and I've hired my husband and he is my CFO. And I'm very blessed that I have a husband that can do money and that's his sweet spot. And I've given my yeah. husband a whole sense of purpose. So to answer your question, because I run my business with my husband and like our business is sort of our primary source of wealth, everything is interwoven, right? And so I pay myself, obviously a salary. He gets a salary. We look at our, you know, profit margins and we, you know, are either investing back in our business or we're saving money and putting it aside for, you know, a house, but like it's a both and, and, and that's, you know, whatever, for whatever it's worth, it's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that you can make those decisions. Um, and I would really just encourage you to look at, not that people would or do, but you know, your business bank account isn't your own personal piggy bank. You know, it's your business's bank account. Yeah. So having really smart people for me, it was my husband before it was Pablo. I had, you know, people in between, but really hold me accountable to that and help me, you know, help me like run the money because if it's yours, it can kind of feel like one big pot, but you really do need to delineate your responsibility, your fiduciary duty really to your business first, especially if you've got people that you pay and sort of look at yourself separately. Yeah. And it sounds like everything you've shared so far with scaling really requires this level of, like you said, letting go and investing. So you, you know, you can be making, you know, whether it's $300 or a hundred thousand, I know that's a big difference, but there may be points where you can either keep on and hold that entire amount to yourself and just to have more work and do more, or depending on the scale of what you're doing, hire out and find someone else to do that work who has that expertise who can get you to the next level. And I think so many people are stuck in that phase of they're scared to try, they're scared to spend the money, they're scared to trust someone else. And, you know, most times you're not going to find it on the right, the first, you have the solution right in your household, but you didn't know it at the moment, right? Like, but you had to go through different people to know what you wanted. So it's like, you're, it's inevitable to make not bad choices, but the choices that lead you to the right choice. Listen, there's no straight line, you know, you're going to yeah. squiggle and that's, how we learn and grow. And like, we do really well at Simply Be now. But I'll tell you, I still feel like month to month, I'm like, are we going to make our money this month? Are we going to hit our numbers? Like, you sign up for a lot of a lot of financial stress when you're an entrepreneur. I mean, that's just the way it rolls. But one of the things that I can say has been a, a drastic shift. Yes, it's having not just my husband in my business, but just I have a few other people again at the, the leadership level who I always say, if you're not worried, then I'm not worried. You know, people who know money, like get budget can forecast. And like when we, then we can make decisions with that, that point of reference. And sometimes we, we make big bets and if they're not worried, then I'm not worried. So it's, it's a really, it can be a real transformational thing to put people like that around you that you trust and who have your highest interest at heart. And you can fly a little bit more when you have that support. Yes, I love that. Okay, Jessica. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love that we went from personal branding, talking about business finances. It's amazing. So please tell people where they can find more about you, your agency, and your book. So you can come find me at jessicazweig.com. That's my personal website. And then I also have my company website, simplybeagency.com. Uh, you can come find me on social media. I'm at Jessica Zweig on Instagram and LinkedIn. That's where I spend most of my time. And my book is called Be, a no BS guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. And you can find it on Amazon. You can support your local bookstores. It's sold at Barnes Noble, Target. You can find it wherever books are sold. I love it. Thank you so much again, Jessica. Thank you for having me, Jamila. And I can't wait to get you on my show. This was so fun. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jessica. I know that as a business owner and a person, right? Like it's your business and then it's you, right? You're also trying to manage so much, not 
only that, but your life behind the scenes. And how do we do it all? Do we need to do it all? What do we focus on? So I hope that this conversation brought some clarity and some ideas where it will help you leverage who you actually are in order to do what you love, whatever that is. Also, when it comes to scaling and investing in a business, wow, like Jessica was dropping some gems there because I can attest that it is important to hire help. I would not be where I am today if I was still doing this all on my own. And I'm nowhere close to having a, you know, full-time staff or a big staff yet. But I understand and know that if there's a certain level that I want to reach, it's going to require more assistance and help. So I hope you really enjoyed this episode. And if you did, love for you to share it with me. Take a screenshot of you listening to this wherever you listen. Tag me on social media. Put it down in your stories or maybe your main feed at Journey to Launch. And then you can also at Jessica at Jessica Z-W-E-I-G on Instagram. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me and the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here. So show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.